My name is Dr. Tram Jones. Starting in December 2019, my wife and I lived in Haiti. Recently, given the current insecurity, we are out of the country, but we continue to support and work with our partner clinic, Lesquati Moon, with its 53 employees on the ground in the city of Quati Bouquet, Haiti. In the last three episodes, we've seen that for the first 180 years of its existence, Haiti failed to develop. For most of this time, it had been shunned from the international stage. Any slave-trading nation reviled the thought that a country born out of a slave revolt would succeed. Crucially, most of the tax money had gone to pay France back for its independence. Once that was finally paid off, the Haitians were given a dictator who took up the mantle from the French, stealing government revenues for himself. And this brings us to the modern era. In 1987, the Duvaliers were overthrown, and Haiti finally became a democracy. And yet, in the 35 years since, Haiti has failed to advance and in most ways has regressed. Why? It would seem that most of the damage to Haiti had already been done by 1987. The cat was out of the bag. The path to poverty had already been paved. The events of the next 35 years were waves that had been created by the tsunami of history. It was possible for the country to get out of the hole, but it would be very difficult. This last episode is the hardest to write because these years are the cumulative effect of a country that had been raped and leveled for 180 years. None of what we'll talk about here is really a root cause, and each of these bend back on each other. Let's try to break these years into two main issues. First is the political instability, and second is a lack of economic opportunity. I would argue that the second mostly flows from the first. The political instability from 1987 onward had its roots in history. As we said in the last episode, Duvalier squandered the stability of his reign and did nothing to educate the people, to prepare them for political participation. Stepping into democracy, 66% of the country was illiterate. If most voters can't read, a candidate can tell them anything he wants. The country was mountainous and thus people felt little allegiance to the central government. And since 1987, that road has continued to be rocky. President after president has preyed on the people and then stealing from government coffers in the darkness. This has understandably led to coups and revolutions, preventing any true stability. Due to history and politics, the economy of Haiti has never really taken off. Let's look in turn at each of the ways that its neighbors and comparison nations have succeeded, and how Haiti did not. First is agriculture. Remember way back when, before the Haitian Revolution, Haiti was the world capital in sugarcane production. Why isn't Haiti exporting crops? In fact, the opposite is true. Haiti imports more than 50% of its food, and these seeds were planted long ago. The French started deforesting the island for crops in the 1600s. Then, during the destitute 180 years after independence, Haitians resorted to cutting down trees to produce charcoal to cook their food. There was no real central government to prevent this. We've seen this deforestation in a number of the more destitute African countries in just the decades since their independence. But Haiti had multiple times longer for this to occur. And the people from African nations, at the very least, had lived in Africa before colonialism. The Haitian people had no sustainable farming practices to draw on. They had all been forcibly imported to the island. This deforestation led to the creation of broad deserts. Essentially, the land can't produce much food. And let's not forget about the mountains. Only 33% of Haiti's land is fit for agriculture, period. But something like 60% is in cultivation. 
Everyone is trying. Haiti has also failed miserably at tourism. While its neighbor, the Dominican Republic, has become an international destination, despite having the same type of beaches, almost no one who is not of Haitian descent vacations in Haiti. As I said, all of these issues in this episode fold into each other. The political instability has led to a country that is not remotely safe for tourism. Lastly, what about manufacturing? In the 1970s, there were many poor countries on par with Haiti. It's hard for us to remember this now, but at that time, Asia was destitute. South Korea, China, all of it. But slowly, in the 1980s, the world woke up to the realization that labor was significantly cheaper outside of the United States. The Asian countries offered stability that Haiti and most African nations could not at the time. So the jobs started to flow to Asia. But even with that head start for Asia, why is Haiti not at least advanced? Certainly, the shipping route is much quicker to the United States compared with China. And labor in Haiti is very cheap. Well, here is at least a partial explanation. First, the cost of shipping around the world has dropped. It's much easier than ever to ship from Asia to the United States, and thus the difference between the Caribbean and Asia is diminished. Further, labor cost is only a small part of manufacturing. If you make goods overseas, only around 16% of the cost is wages. In the years as Asia started to boom, entire complexes were set up around factories in Korea and China, everything you would need for production. Stable power, roads, enormous ports, and workforces accustomed to factory work. And you could have other firms that produce goods that you needed close by. The academic term for this is economies of agglomeration. A country must gather a certain threshold of companies that are working within it before it has the system set up to really work and be attractive. The world is different today than when Asia started to grow in the 70s and 80s. At that time, there was really no other country that had set things up for cheap overseas manufacturing. As China and Korea set up economic zones, there was no other competition. But now, for a company to choose to go to Haiti, they would have to pass up those other countries that have already created a system for export. In essence, the question comes down to where a company would prefer to be for similar labor costs. Would they rather be in a country with cities and ports already set up for economic production? Or would they like to be the first in a virgin country? Few firms will foot the bill to try to set up a system in another country. Yes, they would be the first there, and maybe they would have slightly lower wages, but everything else they would have to do on their own. Because of this, the slope is much steeper for Haiti to build an economy in today's world than it was when Asia was the first major region to experience this growth. And of course, this doesn't even delve into the fact that Haiti's unstable political system makes investment difficult. Why would you make a deal with one president to build a factory when you know that the next might shut you down? The lack of economic success has led to brain drain. The best and brightest of Haiti each year immigrate to the United States because of a lack of jobs and opportunities. Can you imagine trying to build an economy if the top students all left each year? And finally, here at the end of the series, I'll mention what most Americans know about, natural disasters and violence. But these aren't primary causes of poverty in Haiti. Take the 2010 earthquake. The magnitude of the earthquake, 7.0, and the distance from Port-au-Prince, 15 miles, was very similar to the 6.9 earthquake that hit 15 miles outside San Jose, California in 1989. Yet, in California, you had 63 deaths. In Haiti, the toll was hundreds of thousands. The difference? In Haiti, you had no uniform government building codes. Economic strife led people to build homes with concrete, but almost no rebar. 
leading the homes to pancake down on themselves. Hurricanes are particularly devastating in Haiti compared to its Caribbean neighbors because the land is denuded of trees. A cyclone easily takes away topsoil, leading to crop failures. Or take the current street violence in Haiti. Certainly, it's the biggest issue in Haiti today. A line can be drawn directly from the lack of any political stability to the inability of the police to control the country. A second line can be drawn from the lack of any jobs to people turning to kidnapping and extortion. Now, of course, these two issues, violence and natural disasters, compound the effects of other problems in Haiti. They scare away businesses and multiply the destitution that the people face, but they are far from the full story. As I said, of the four parts in this series on the causes of poverty in Haiti, this was the hardest to write. As I view the broad sweep of Haitian history, the underlying causes feel like the delta of a river, widening with each year. By the time you reach the modern period, from 1987 to today, there are so many interconnected parts, it's hard to just point to one. But if you had to group them under two groups, you would say political instability and no economic opportunities. This whole series feels like a hope killer, but our primary goal is to call it like we see it. And secondly, my goal with this is to combat that sneaking feeling that Americans have but never articulate, that Haitians are somehow incapable of running their country, that it's inherent. But as we look back, we can see that there were deep-seated causes for why Haiti has struggled, despite the desire and work of its people. And lastly, I want to remind us that history is long. Yes. We Americans have not seen change in Haiti in the last 12 years. But 12 years is the blink of an eye in history. Change will take time. Thank you for listening. Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. We are simply telling stories as we've seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history, and there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names may have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti or to get involved, visit us on the web at lightfromlight.me. Thank you and God bless.